internet, you're tuned in to episode 103 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my partner in cybercrime, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. <laughs> What's up, man? You ready to, uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to bury the lead on this one. We have a lot to talk about this week. Cyberpunk is out, the Game Awards are out, and there was a ton of fucking news, so skipping the preamble, skipping the bit, let's just skip, alright? This is the podcast. Welcome. We are the weekly Nintendo slash video game podcast of Lupods.com. If you would like more content from us, you can go to our YouTube or Twitch channel, where every Thursday on Twitch we stream. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash Lupods and get access to After Dark, our exclusive patron show, where we keep the mics rolling for an extra hour. If you want to write into the show like a bunch of fine folks did, or just come join our community, come join the Discord, come talk in the podcast channel, write to me at Pete at Lupots.com, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's all the plugs. Shut the fuck up. Let's get into what we're playing this week. We played Cyberpunk, and we have a lot to say, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, and we streamed this over on twitch.tv slash loopots as well for the we first, did. first time. Yeah. Which I'm going to get my copy early. Yeah, yeah. Steve showed up a day early. We streamed it for a couple hours on Wednesday, a day earlier before our, our regular stream. Thanks to everybody who showed up. Uh, had a great turnout for that one. Uh, if you want to go check it out, the archive should still be live uh, when, when if you're listening to this when it drops, if you're listening late. Sorry, you missed it. Tune in for the next one. Um, so you are probably a little bit farther in the game than I am because you got it early. You started before me, and then I started. Uh, here's, I'll I'll start. This was my first impression of Cyberpunk. So the night uh, of the Game Awards, right? Game Awards are over. I have about two hours ish before I need to go to bed for work the next day. So I decide to start Cyberpunk. I get into it. I get like two hours into the story, and I died for the first time because. Uh, Anyone who's playing the game on on console, you know, can can speak to the fact that um, at least on Xbox, right? Left bumper is to enter your like cyberpunk mode where you can scan shit, and right the bumper scanner, is yeah. yeah, and right bumper is to throw a grenade. And I didn't have muscle memory yet, so I'm walking uh, through this public place, and I saw a thing that I wanted to scan. So I go to scan it, and I just chucked a grenade into a crowd of people, blew them all up. There are immediately like four or five cops just happen to be standing near me and they just – I had four stars all of a sudden and it's like, this is how the wanted system works. And I just got shot to death and was dead. That yeah. was it. Go to load the game up. It has no autosaves. All of the autosaves had been corrupted in the two hours I'd been playing. And I hadn't done a manual save yet because I didn't even get past the opening preamble of the game yet. So oh I was like, what the God. fuck do I need to save for? It's fine. So I just lost all my progress, and I had to start over from scratch on Friday night. So with that in mind, you're probably anywhere from, I don't know, like five to nine more hours ahead of me at, at this point. Like, Yeah, I'm 15 hours in now. Okay, so you're 15 hours in. I think I'm just at nine or ten last night when I, when yeah. I saved up. I was like nine and a half maybe. Um, so you, you've played a little bit more than I have, even if you count my, my extra two hours there. Uh, what, what has been your experience so far? So I want, I want to preface everything that I say, and I'm sure you'll agree with saying that a lot of people put a lot of hard work into this game. Yes. And that clearly shows, and it seems like on PC, it's a lot more stable and a lot more visually appealing. Depending on your rig. Having, yeah, depending on your rig. But having said that, this game is a buggy mess for me. Um... I've been posting a bunch of funny glitches over on Twitter uh, that I've been experiencing, which has been which has been great. Um, one of my biggest issues I had early on was that HDR in this game is just totally broken. 
everything just looks washed out and gray which isn't what you really want when it's like bright neon signs and you really want it to pop on your screen <laughs> so how how did how have you addressed that have you been playing with hdr off did you like adjust the settings because on on series x anyway um where we're both playing you can like you can totally adjust the hdr settings like a lot but I don't really understand what the parameters are. They're, they're broken. So um, Vincent Tio of HDTV Test, who uh, is like, you know, an expert on HDR and he has like this reference monitor. So he was playing on this like £13,000 reference monitor where you can analyze all the the nits and the brightness and the luminance and all this stuff. And he said basically what, they're, what they do is it seems like they're taking the SDR image and they're just then saying they're just shifting it. So it's like we're making it brighter. So the, the dark areas go brighter, which isn't what you want from HDR. You want the range to actually extend. So regardless of what you put in on those settings, it will look broken no matter what you do. So the only real way to experience the game is to turn HDR off. I haven't bothered because before the latest patch, I found a bug, which is if you turn the console off when it's on, if you go back to the the Xbox home screen, when you're when Cyberpunk's running, turn the console off, turn it back on, and then go back into Cyberpunk, it will switch it over to SDR mode, which was the weirdest glitch I found, but it meant I could keep HDR on for all the other games I wanted while still being able to play Cyberpunk in SDR. Interesting, because I, I turned off HDR and I didn't find that it made the look the game look that different for me. Um, oh, does it look the same? Pretty much. But have you seen it like compared with, say, How video look- of the game and on PC where... The shadows are like really deep. And oh the yeah, highlights are really bright. Yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. It looks bad. Like it looks, it 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 looks uh, night and day difference between what I've seen it running on a good PC that's capable of running it like the way it should be run. You know, um, versus what I'm experiencing on on Xbox, it's like night and day. Um, but I just I, I more mean that like turning off HDR isn't fixing the problems that I'm noticing with okay. its art style. Like I I I keep finding myself in situations where like it's just dark and it's hard to see what's happening. And yes. if you, and if I turn the brightness up, it makes everything look like shit because it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't just make like the dark corners of the room brighter. It just makes everything bright so like yeah and then everything like when you go into a white a light area it's totally blown out yeah. and you then have to go back into the settings to turn it down again or just like when it's daytime like if you're walking around during the day like it's way too bright and everything feels like washed out and then when it's super dark it's super dark and like i constantly have a problem where i'm in like a dark room and like if i'm near a light source things look fine but if i'm not near a light source i like literally can't see what's happening sometimes and i have to like you know, figure out what I'm looking at or scan the room to make sure I got all the items and stuff like that. And it's I've like, just been going into the menu and just going down to the bottom and changing time. You can just change the time of the day and wait. And I just like wait seven hours oh, until yeah. it's daytime. And then I can actually see again. You can't do that though, Steve. You'll run out of, well, I don't want to spoil the conceit of the game, I guess, but <laughs> there's a time sensitive main story thing, Steve. You're wasting time. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that actually has any effect <laughs> whatsoever no, on the gameplay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is also not ideal. Like, I get why that's the case. It's just like a gameplay thing. But, like, it feels like in a super deep RPG that maybe there should be consequences for your actions. But, okay. Um, so, yeah. I It's interesting because I, aside from the, the, the my save getting eaten, 
I haven't encountered that many serious bugs. Like, I've had a lot of minor ones, like, uh, literally the first time I loaded into the game. Um, you know, you're, you're at that bar, right? Like, you're at... Um, Mama, so Mama Wells' yeah, bar. Mama Wells yeah, Mama Wells' bar, and you're talking to Pepe, and there's, like, a woman sitting at the bar uh, next to you where you spawn in, and the top part of her legs didn't exist, so she just had, like, calves and no thighs and then torso, which was funny. And I've seen uh, the same problem. I've seen a lot of people talk about this where, like, you'll be walking around and you'll, there's just, like, a floating cell phone where a person should be. Oh, there's tons of that. I saw a yeah. floating burger the other day. It was just, like, and it's the most, like, undesigned but messy burger with, like, the least number of polygons you could see possible. That like, it was out of, like, Tomb Raider 1. And it's just there floating in the air. Some guy was eating it and then he got a, me- he got a call or a message on his cell phone. So he just, like... Stopped eating the burger, but the burger just stayed in thin air while he was then using his phone, which was nice. Yeah, I've gotten some really weird stuff like that. And some of it's like um, like models not snapping where they should. Like I uh, there's this job early on where you have to meet Jackie, who's like a a minor character. Um, And he's like you meet him at a place and he's sitting on his motorcycle And he kept snapping. So, like, he'd be sitting on the motorcycle, and then he'd be, like, sitting up, but with his body, like, angled (laughs) back. So he's, like, in the air, not actually on the motorcycle. And, like, it looks like he's laying down in, like, one of those long couches in a Woody Allen movie or something. No, I had the same thing. So I I went to go back to see Judy once you kind of wake back up again. And I went back to see Judy to find out, like, you know, a, a part of a story um, arc. I won't. I won't spoil it. But um, she's like there, and she's she's meant to be sat down at her desk, like typing. But then she like stands up, and she's like sort of perched down. And then yeah, she goes into that full on, just like led back, chilled out pose, and it's just absolutely bizarre. But I've had some pretty bad bugs. The worst one seemed to be, which seems to have been rectified in the the hot fix they pushed out yesterday. Which yeah. By the way, did fix the epilepsy um, seizure-inducing animation. Oh, that's actually fixed? That's been fixed. Good, yeah, oh. That's been confirmed by Liana Rupert, who said, like, you know, this is, I've worked with them, they fixed the animation. Yeah, so this good. has now been patched in. So first of all, I'm really glad they fixed that animation. That was something that wasn't getting nearly enough attention, I think. Like, it, it speaks to the values of a lot of video gamers, that they don't care if the game is offensive or giving people seizures or anything. But if it doesn't load quite right or there's pop-in, that's when we're going to have a fucking riot. So whatever. But um, I'm glad to see that. I experienced that portion of the game, um, I'm imagining it happens more than once, but the first time prior to the patch, and I don't have epilepsy, I've never had any problems with my eyes, it gave me eye strain, and I've only had eye strain, I've only had eye strain in my life, like, twice, to the point where, like, I had to stop, like, I almost had to stop playing, like, I, I... and it does it over and over again at that section, you do it, like, five times, it's like, you come out, you go back in, you come out, you go back in... And it was it was literally the first time it happened, my eyes started to hurt. And I took my glasses off and closed my eyes and had to, like, rub my eyes while the rest of the scene played out before I was able to play again. And I was like, oh, okay, great. This this clearly yeah. was, like, not tested. Like, how – like, I don't have any problems with my eyes and this fucking hurt my eyes. So aside from the uh, the epilepsy um, fix, the the patch has fixed a few other things that I've I've had issues with. So um, one of the big things, and I'm sure you've noticed, it, is driving around town. 
uh, or even in like a large gunfight and you're moving through quickly that the game just freezes. You know and what? It freezes. It's funny. For like four or five seconds. Um, I've seen that more while I was watching your gameplay when we were streaming on Wednesday than I have in my own playthrough. Like, I have experienced it, but it's been, I want to say two or three. Like, I think I've sat down and played the game three times, and I think it's happened maybe once per play session. So, like, it's not been a super common occurrence, and it's never been at a point where it was story or mission critical. It's been like, I'm driving around, and then it just freezes for a second, and then it goes... And I've been yeah. doing the thing that you said where I press pause and then that usually speeds it up. So, like, that hasn't been a major hindrance for me, but I've definitely experienced it a couple of times. It, the worst one I had caused me to, to flatline, which was right in the middle of a gunfight. I was on low health. I went to go in, like, take my, my puff and my, like, health inhaler thing. And just as I went to do it, it froze. And then it caught up and I got shot and I flatlined and then I had to do that section again. And it got and I just turned the console off. I was just fed up with it. Um, and I, I came back and finished it another time. Um, but yeah, the, the, those seem to have been fixed in the latest patch for me. Uh, but I'm still having a bunch of uh, other glitches. So today I was playing the, the Ghost Town mission and I went to go break into this window because I, I, I didn't have the... Um, the right skill to open the door so I smashed the window mm-hmm. and I went to go get in the window and it shot me back like 250 meters uh, that's crazy. and I had to then like walk back up and then I flatlined in that mission and it's and I was I was in the passenger seat uh, where it was like driving me to this next section but it spawned me in the driver's seat so I was inside the character model of who was driving and I could like see behind their eyes and like that's see so in their freaky. hair and it was horrible. So I'm still having a bunch of bugs, but there's nothing kind of mission critical at this point. It's not like Watch Dogs where I couldn't even finish the game yeah. because some of the missions were were just not saving. Um, but I, I, I feel like I'm enjoying the game. I don't feel like there's anything special here yet for me. It's not anything that's like grabbed me. It feels like the way you pick up the missions isn't as, say fluid as a traditional rpg something like the witcher where you're going around and you're actually talking to people and you feel like you're picking missions up that way it feels like i'm just getting a million phone calls or a million text messages where it's just like here's another job here's another mission go and do this go and do that which doesn't really feel that interesting it's sort of just like uh, just a list of things for me to just work through to get cash so i can progress through the story yeah i i have i have very very mixed feelings about this game um, I, I would say that I'm enjoying it overall, but, um, I, th- I think it's, it's just, there's so much missed opportunity and, you know, the, the glitches, the technical stuff, like, let's just put all that aside, right? We've both experienced a lot of glitches. I think my, my kind of reader's digest thoughts on the state of this game is that it shouldn't have come out. The game should have been delayed. Um, it was delayed four times this year, and it clearly should have been delayed into 2021. And I think it's pretty clear it shouldn't have released on last-gen consoles. Like, could it have been optimized better for PS4 and Xbox One? Um, almost certainly, right? Like, and Oh, I yeah. Say- I mean, that's one thing we should say is that we're both playing this on next-gen consoles, and it looks like if you're playing this on a, 
on last gen PS4 or Xbox like One. Un- this game's unplayable. Yeah. You're going down to like 10 frames a second. Faces aren't loading on characters. Signs aren't loading. It's just a, it's just a mess. And that game should never have come out. Yeah, so so PSA on that. Um, I would not buy this game on PS4 or or uh, Xbox One. Period. Um, I I think you can play it on PS5 and Xbox Series X and get the experience that Steve and I are getting. But honestly, like, if you uh, unless this is like the game, the game you've been waiting for, and you just can't bear to have anything spoiled or whatever, and like you just gotta play it at launch, fine. Um, I would play it on PC or a next-gen console, or not at all. Um, or one place I've seen that people have been having some success is if you've got a, a fast internet connection, is actually on Stadia. It seems to actually run better on sure. on those streaming platforms than on last-gen consoles, and it seems to be on par with, with PS5 and Xbox Series X. So if you can't get a next-gen console at the moment and you really do want to play this game, and you've got a decent internet connection, that might be a place that you could play it. Yeah, that could be an option for you. Um so all, all all of that said, right? Like, even if we've been all of that part of the conversation, I still think the game has significant problems. Um, like, just from a a user experience perspective, from a script perspective, from a progression perspective. Like, I I don't love this game, and I think that I think there's a version of this game that I could love. But I also think that there are some fundamental things with it that just kind of turn me off. Um, so, for starters, I I think like I find the 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 menus of the game to be really like cumbersome to navigate. Um, it's too slow, and you can tell that on PC if you're whizzing a mouse around, it would probably would be fine. But being able to just move that cursor and it's moving at the, like the most glacial pace to get through to anything, and it's like and even then, why is it a cursor? Some of it's hard to read. You know, like, yeah, why, I mean, I can. Why can't I? Just... I can understand they were kind of trying to, I guess, copy how fluid Destiny's menus feel with the big like cursor circle thing. Yeah, but that actually is kind of out of necessity of the design. This, it feels like I don't ever need to go to that first screen. You could load me in on the map or on the inventory screen every single time, and I could just bumper through the other menus, like right. any other game. And the fact that, like, it opens you up to that screen, you have to select a thing, like, you know, and then you get there, and it's like, I always feel like, um, it feels very, very old-fashioned, Right, like the way that you're going through your inventory, and it's just this like mess of stuff that's loosely organized, and it's you know like you go whenever I am like in a shop, I always feel like the menu feels like old, very old, and and it's not like necessarily clunky or confusing. It's just it's not nice to look at, and it's like it always feels tedious to interact with. And I I find the selling stuff really tedious because every time you go to sell an item it like flashes the screen completely blank and then loads back in again. And I seem to lose like the place of all the item that I've been, I'm trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, has it gone over? Hasn't it? Did I select the right one? It's not a fluid, like you just see it pop up on the other side of the screen. Or like, it reloads the entire thing. You know, like that reminds me of too, is um, I've had this experience twice now where I've completed a quest and the reward for the quest has been a mod from like a cyberpunk mod for my character. And you have to go to a doctor to get it installed and 
they have this item that you earned from this mission. Yeah, and it's like for sale, but it's zero euro dollars. Yeah. And it's like marked with the smallest exclamation mark. It took me the first time that happened. I really had no idea what I was meant to be doing. Uh, it yeah. was so strange. I had to look it up. Because it's like, let me see what you've got for sale. It's like, what? Well, I'm not buying it. It's a reward for a, a like a mission I've just completed. Yep. Yeah, I literally had to Google it because I was just like, where? Like, where is this? Is this glitching? Like, why isn't it showing up? Why isn't he just giving me the item? Um, because that's how it should work, right? You go and turn in the quest, and they're like, oh, here's the thing that you were promised. Like, that's how it should work. Not hi. Welcome to my shop. Like, would you like to buy anything? Yes. Give me the free. Th- like, why is that the way that you're doing it? You know, and that's what I, that's like, that's like a great example of what I'm talking about in terms of the way that the game feels cumbersome or like there's a fast travel system, but the fast travel system requires you to go to predefined areas on the map and then fast travel yeah. to other predefined areas. Well, I mean, that's ripped straight out of The Witcher where you used to go to. Like the signposts, or even on Horizon, where you had to go to the the campfires, right? Yeah, but, but I think like, eventually in Horizon, it let you just go from the menu on the map. Yeah, but like, granted, yes, you're right that that is the case. But like with the campfires in Horizon, there's campfires like everywhere. You know, like it's not like. Mm-hmm. And granted, maybe I'll keep unlocking more of these seg- segments, and I'll feel less. I'll feel like that's less cumbersome over time. But it just feels like again, like you're adding a step to what is supposed to be something that makes the game more convenient, you know? And, like, you know, not for nothing. I love Horizon. I don't want that in Horizon 2. Like, I look at, like, how it worked in Miles Morales, where if I want to fast travel... And, again, it's predefined places. There, It's subway stations, but they're all over the map, and anytime there's a waypoint, there's yeah. a subway station within, like, three blocks of it. So it's super easy to get where I want to go, and it takes me seconds, not, okay, I want to go here, and it's two kilometers away, it's it's far away, it's across the city, okay, let me pull up my extremely busy and cluttered map, let me find the closest waypoint, go to that waypoint, travel to the next, the one that's closest to where I actually want to be, and then navigate there. And then I've also found... And then, like, the- spawn your car at some point. Like, yep. you get on the other side, and usually it's so far away you have to spawn your car. And I've had it where the car just, like, ends up the other side of the road because I the, the waypoint's on, like, a one-way street yep. or something, and so it won't drive its way down. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so annoying. Yeah, I've had that, or I've had it where, like, it says it's really far away, and you're waiting for it to come, and then it doesn't come, and you have to call it again, and then it shows up, you know, and, like, that's super buggy. And uh, again, like the map is really cluttered. Like, and I know there are a lot of people who just don't like map games, who don't like when you open up a map and there's millions of question marks. Well, this has that in spades. And as somebody who likes those kinds of games, I think it's too much. Like I open I mean, it you up. Can filter, it's overwhelming. You can filter them. Like you can filter it out, but you can't filter it enough. And when you filter it, it all comes back the next time you open the map and that was one thing that always, that did annoy me about when going you go to these fast travel waypoints is that you open it up and you might be looking to go to a specific mission or something that's on your map but if it's not the one you're tracking it doesn't show up and so you have no idea where you're meant to be going so i'm like looking for the area and i'm like i think it was sort of down here i think it was this one that i wanted to go to but i'm not 100 percent sure so you either have to like back out and figure it out or like track that mission and yeah, that is really cumbersome, and it's it's not enjoyable at all. I've had an issue with the tracking the mission, too. Um, I had an issue where there's this one uh, side mission that you can unlock pretty early in the game where there are like these fist fights that you can go do to make money. 
and there's one of them where I'm, I'm navigating there and I get there and I can see that it's like clearly up, right? Like it's in, it looks like it's in a building and I'm like, okay, so I must have to get inside this building. So I'm walking around the perimeter of this building. There's no door to get in. Okay. So I follow the waypoint and I'm like, I'm going to follow the waypoint back to where I, when I got here so I can try to like, you know, reorient myself and, and work my way back. And it starts leading me in the wrong direction. Like, I, and I'm like, okay, like, so it must be this way then. So I start following the car and it's just taking me in circles around the building. And I'm like, okay, great. So I get out. And I start walking around, and I find a way up, and I'm like, okay, this looks like it'll get me to the second level, and then maybe it'll reorient, and I'll be able to see where I'm supposed to go. And that was just where I had to go. And it was like a set of stairs that were near where I was, and I'm just like, yeah. why didn't you point me in this direction? Like, why are you because, so- Because, like, the exclamation mark was at the front of the building, and it only ever takes you directly to that exclamation exactly, mark. Yeah. that same thing. But what it should do is when you get there either move the exclamation mark or show an area like there are yeah, some like hey you're in this like a, you're a, in the right area. space look for it now yeah like that would be fine but it's not that it's just like that's the one with the the two brothers right yeah on the roof i had the same problem yep. trying to find that one yeah and it's just it's just a bad waypoint it's a bad waypoint system um and for a game that is a maps game of like there are things on the map go to the map and do the thing it's like you really can't point me in the right fucking direction like you're gonna actively take me in the wrong direction that's bad so like and and all of those things though none of those things are technical things right like none of those are the game isn't optimized the game was rushed those are the systems are bad they are poorly uh conceptualized and like they're they're cumbersome they're clunky and like they just don't well i i uh, another system i think that is completely broken for for me and yeah i don't know how you feel about it is the police system you mentioned that you went up straight to four stars mm. but it feels to me like those police react the same way regardless of what star level you are you could be driving around and i find the driving physics to be totally whack in some of the vehicles on this like you can be turning and then all of a sudden the back end of the car goes out and you're like driving off in i do a like completely different direction now that i uh, i like how it feels to drive bikes like motorcycles i think feel bikes sm- i think are fine but smoother. cars for me have been really off it feels like i'm doing a handbrake turn around every corner for some reason yes. and i'm not 100 percent sure why it's yeah. doing that and it and it works on the bike because like you can take those those sharper turns and it doesn't feel as off but i remember in like the the first car that you have um i had that problem where like i just kept hitting things yeah and so you you might clip someone and then all of a sudden the police are just like f- firing at you with with such force it just seems ridiculous all i did was clip someone on the legs and now i've got suddenly the police chasing after me it feels like what they needed was like a fine system or you get arrested and you go to prison for a little bit or something similar to how skyrim did it where you go to jail maybe you lose some skill points maybe you lose some cash or you lose some of your weapons or whatever the fact that they just try to immediately mow you down is like yeah it's ridiculous it's like, oh, the only reaction this police force has is to kill me. It's like, that's not realistic and is absolutely not the way it should go. And, like, the whole, like, realism comment, like, maybe that makes sense within the context of this world a little bit more. But in this- but it doesn't because you, you drive around and you see the police with, like, people just on the floor or yeah. getting into their cars. So you know that they're doing it for the NPCs. There's dissonance. But when it comes to you, yeah. it's, like, completely different. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's narrative ludo narrative dissonance there 
right? Where it's like it doesn't make sense with within the rules of the world. Um, yeah. So that doesn't help. Not to mention that like you can do missions for the cops. So like if you're doing missions for yeah. them, shouldn't they be more lenient toward you? Like whatever. Like those it should are th- be like I'm getting some affiliation with yeah. them, and it's just like oh hi V, you know like they know me. I'm doing missions for them. And, I'm traveling up the ranks. And that speaks to again, I think my my core problem with the game right is like a lot of the stuff the stuff that I think is popular to talk about right now that's like in the the zeitgeist to to bitch about this game, um, which again. Totally fair. I'm not defending this game. Um, it's funny because I think that because some of that stuff is so bad, I think that there are a lot. Uh, there's less conversation about some of the things that won't change and can't change at this point, um, which are also bad, right? And to me, uh, this game is like a lesser RPG, and that's the thing that bums me out the most about it. Is like being hyped for for Cyberpunk. It was because I love Western RPGs. I love big pen and paper inspired Western RPGs. And like one of my favorite games uh, in recent memory that I, I talked about on the show was Outer Worlds. I had such a good time with Outer Worlds. And what I liked about it was that it felt like a pen and paper RPG where if I build my character in a certain way, if I max out certain stats, if I, if I choose to play in a certain way, I'm able to. Right. Like I could have a silver tongue and talk my way out of every situation. You know, I could, um, you know, be uh, a tech person and like I can hack my way through a problem rather than use a gun. And like there's there's smatterings of that stuff. You have moments where you'll have like dialogue options where you'll be like, oh, like. Like, but those dialogue uh, options always seem to be the blue ones. They th- never exactly, seem to exactly. Be, they, never they never matter. seem to enforce exactly what you 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 want to do. It just adds a bit of context to it. They almost, but I also find stuff like the hacking mechanic, and I just never I never use it because it seems to do sweet fuck all. And then the the way you like breach it, the puzzle was like explained once, and it took me ages to figure out how to actually do anything with it because it never explains it again, and it's really confusing. And I, I I tried sneaking on some of the missions. It's impossible. The stealth is bad. They they will find you. You can be stood behind cover, but somehow they still see you, and I have no idea how. And then the only way to get out of most of these situations is to just shoot your way out of it, which isn't what you want, and it's not how the, the game is clearly intended to be played. It's meant to be that you can go in and you can you can play it as a as a techie or as someone who can talk their way out of it but none of those mechanics are are like completed seemingly and it really does feel like sometimes none of these like mechanics don't gel together you'll go into those brain dances where you're doing the scanning stuff and it just feels like why am i bothering to do this all i'm seeing is like i'm seeing a cut scene and i'm i'm scrolling around it and scanning like an item on the floor like none of this seems to matter. That, I don't really care. That system sucks. It's not. It's it sucks. And 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 like and again, like if this is your first time listening, like you know, Steve and I are not this overtly negative about games. We are not like the type to like tear a game game down and shit on it. Like that's not that's not what I'm here to do. Um, that it, the brain dance stuff is garbage. Like it's it's garbage. It's it's not fun. It's slow. It takes forever. There are so many elements to it between, like, you can scan the video. You can scan the audio. You can scan yeah, things the in other rooms. And the thermo mm-hmm. track. And, and it's not interesting. 
It's not interesting. It's not engaging. It's not cool. It looks bad. Like, it's always grainy and this really weird, shitty, like, film oh, yeah, effect. that first time you're, like, introduced to Johnny and it's, like, approach the stranger and you're, like, going up this, like, pixely staircase to try and talk to him and it's like what the fuck is this place? also that scene is it is apropos of nothing like it's in no context it just happens and you're like why is this happening and like it's not explained well and like once you understand again we're trying to talk around without spoiling the game you can explain why that scene happens that way but it still doesn't actually make sense and that's a huge problem with this game too is i think is the writing um, it's, it's not great. Like, I, I, I think the world is, is cool enough. Like, I, I like the, the vibe of, of Night City and, like, the neon and it's dirty and it's lived in and blah, 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 blah. But, like, it's, yeah, to some extent, yeah, I agree with you. It looks cool, but I don't necessarily feel that it, it feels like it's lived in. It feels like some of the items are just, like, scattered around. Like, yes. why are there a bazillion fucking studded dildos all over the town? Everywhere. Like, I really don't need everywhere. to see... They're, they're everywhere. Yeah, there's zero context. I could understand when I went to that first sex club and it absolutely made sense. Or a sex shop. These items would be around. Yeah, but not when I'm, like, outside of a burger bar or whatever. Why is that here? It or makes like, no you, sense. There's you no kill, context to it. You kill a guard and he just has a dildo in his pocket. Um... And and that was this that was what I was gonna say, right? Is like when I look at like the game and the world and the writing, like it it's the same way I feel about everything, where it's like it's it's love hate, and I don't even think it's love hate, it's like hate. Where there are things that I like and then there are things that I really, really don't like. Like, uh we talked about the character of Jackie, right? I dug Jackie uh from the start. Where, like, I, I like, yeah. he's fun, he's funny, you guys have good rapport, and, like, I was like, alright, cool, this is, like, a cool best friend character. But, I also, like, and I, I don't know, I say this as, like, a white dude, so, like, maybe this is off base. I feel like, I feel like some of the characterization of, like, non-white characters feels really, like, messy. Like, I think it's kind of weird that, like... You're gonna have this character introduced who's like, okay, like he's he's uh I'm not sure like what actual ethnicity is, but he's you know, he's he's Latinx and you know he's he's Hispanic American. And he's like very like, Oh, what's up, SA? Hey Vato like he's like it's like every fucking sentence he's using like this very stereotypical like Spanish slang, you know, and like not every Spanish character is like that. And like his mom's not like that. And it feels like kind of like, I don't know, like it feels like it's very much skirting that line of like, this feels off to me. This feels a little bit like, you know, um, I don't know, like I don't want to say like tokeny because that's not the word I'm looking for. But like, I think you get what I'm trying to say, you know, or like, no, I I, I get it. It feels like he's he's conforming to a stereotype of what someone feels a. Uh, a, a streetwise Hispanic yeah. dude would be like, and he's you know, oh, I'm big and t-, you know, like yeah, like it's very like stereotypical. Um, and like you know, I met um, there's a there's a prominent uh, Asian character who you interact with, Takanoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he's like he's like talking about honor, 
right? And he's like, oh, like, that's, like, the honorable thing to do. And, like, I always thought honor among, you know, honor among thieves is ironic. And it's just like, okay. So, again, like, the only Asian character I've had a conversation with, and within two sentences he's talking about honor and all this stuff. And it's like, <sighs> really? You know, and then it's like you you couple that with, you know, the conversation that, that's been had about, like, representation of trans people and, like, how that is... Well, on that subject, like, that seems to be pretty questionable. Like, I've just done a mission where I go there and she's got, like, a trans flag on the back of, on the back of her car. But it's never kind of mentioned. It's just mm-hmm. there as, like, mm-hmm. why, is that, why is that there? Um, world building, you know, Steve. World building. I know, but I could understand, like, if she was a trans character or she was in, like, a relationship with a trans person or even if she's just, like, talks about being a trans ally or something. But otherwise, it just feels to just be there as, like, feels- oh, yeah, look, we we have representation. Yes. Look how cool we are. Yeah. Um, um, and the whole the whole locking the gender pronouns to the the voice type you pick. And not giving... And I don't understand... Not giving why a non-binary you, no option. option. Yeah, why is there no non-binary option? Like, Macaulay said that exact same thing, because they identify as non-binary, and it's like, well, why can't I just play how I want to play? And I don't understand why they didn't just make it non-binary for everyone. They could have just done one audio track that was they rather than he or she. I mean, dude... It would have made so much more sense. It would have been... Do you know how easy it would have been for... It's like, Tony Hawk got this right earlier this year. Let me pick a pronoun... Pick a voice and don't say if it's a masculine voice or a, it's just say voice one, voice two, voice three. Yeah. And that's it. Just do that. Like it would have been so easy. It's a, it's an absolute unforced error. And that's like, that's, there's so saw, many things like that in this game where it's like, yeah, I man, saw someone on Twitter complaining and I don't know if it is, I wanted to call you up on it. I don't know if you've been to the clouds yet and you go see the joy toy who walks you through yes. that like weird sequence. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know because someone on Twitter said, and I noticed it too, when you pick the, the person who's the, the same gender as you, um, the woman makes like a comment of how like you have, you have strange taste or something. And I don't know if they make that same comment. If you pick someone who's the opposite. So, uh, she does, I think. I thought she would. Um, but even that is kind of weird because, cause, cause so I, I played through that scene twice, uh, by accident because I had loaded in and, um, and this is another dumb fucking thing that the game does. Right. Like, so again, you go through the sequence and it basically asks you like, choose, you know, uh, the the male prostitute or the female prostitute, and and, then, I, and they've got such similar names. That's that what I did. Either gender. Did you? Do, so okay, that's exactly <laughs> what happened to me. Where it was like, do you want like Sky or like Sky with two E's or whatever? And I'm like, I don't fucking remember which one's it was which. Angel, Angel, and Sky. And I was yeah. like, I don't remember which one's which. And I had to, I had to say Macaulay. I was like, uh, which one's the dude? And Macaulay was like, it's Angel. Yeah, and like, I was like, okay, then fine. I I picked Angel because I was like, yeah, no, I think that was the woman. And then I got it and I was like, oh, okay, let me load this again. Um, so I, I loaded up again and I was like, all right, now I can see what the other dialogue is. And like, she made a different comment, but it, I don't think it was that one. I'm pretty sure that she basically says that it's, you, ha- you are a unique man with unique taste for the fact that you can choose either a man or a woman, which is basically just saying that if you're bi, that's weird. So either way. No, it's, it's gross. Like, it's like, why, why is that throwaway comment even need to exist? The, 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 the thing of it is that no matter which, because I could be wrong and it could just be that no matter what way you slice it, it's offensive, 
right? Like, no matter what, yeah. in some capacity, what they're saying is, is kind of problematic. <laughs> so it's not good. Uh, so, like, that's not great. And then I also think that, like, again, take out all of that, right? Like, let's remove the the technical aspects, the the uh, the, the the messy storytelling stuff, like the fact that you just get called to get missions, and sometimes it's from people that you actually know, and it feels like it is in line with the story, and sometimes it's just some random person you've never met, never heard of, who's just like, hi, V, I know who you are, come do a job for me. That's not great. So there's all kinds of technical things that you could ding them for. Then throw away the fact that like there are a lot of things in the game that feel feel like they are kind of patently offensive. Throw all that out. It's still not good because on top of that, and this goes back to the the fucking dumbass dildo thing that we were talking about. I think this game feels extremely fucking juvenile, and that's something that no amount yeah. of patching and will that help. starts with the character creation where you like pick how big you want your dick to be how and it has fucking zero. big do you want your dick yeah. to be but also <laughs> you know. you can't change the weight of your character everybody in the future is skinny and sexy and has a big ass cock it's like great <laughs> and it's like wh- why why do i need that other than when i wake up in the morning once in my bed i'm naked and i can see it dangling around on my inventory screen it's like who fucking cares did i tell you about the glitch i had with the pants I think I skipped. Oh, past and that. then like dick cuts through. Yeah. No, 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 I didn't have that. So I had another one yesterday where oh. I, uh, you know how when you go through the first mission and then it launches you in your apartment and you have di- a different pair of clothes on. So the pants and the shoes from that set of clothes are glitched out in my game now, where they're invisible. So I put the pants on because they're just like normal black jeans. And he had no pants on, but his dick was gone. So he just has like a Ken doll bottom. So I just look like a like a doll. <laughs> So, oh my god when so, it comes to clothing as well have you like have you ever uh, so i'm wearing a motorcycle helmet at the moment because i'm basically riding jackie's bike around everywhere and i thought it was like really cool that i'm gonna like have this motorcycle helmet and i'm gonna go down that route yeah and but you go to look in the mirror and the hat's gone like the the helmet, helmet. you've got is is gone but rather than rendering my awful rat tail haircut that i chose and i seemingly can't you change can't change either by the way fun fact you can't ever change your haircut great so i i was really really glad i picked the rat tail um like it's gone i'm bold because i was wearing a helmet and the the game doesn't re-render my hair because underneath that so helmet, you're just bald forever now rendering the hair so now i'm bold in the mirror when i when i'm looking at it and i've got the helmet on which is just great that's garbage I mean, it's probably an, it's probably an improvement on the rat tail but yeah it is um but anyway uh so to to circle back to what i was trying to say it's just like the game feels very like adolescently charged like it reminds me of like the kind of stuff that me as like uh you know like horny edgelord 13 to 16 year old boy would have been like like, if this game came out when I was that age, I would have been fucking, like, jazzed about it. Would have been like, oh! Yeah, yeah, you know that time when you go, you're, like, getting hookers in your car in GTA, and then you run them over to get the cash, and you think it's, like, the most cool, best thing since yeah. sliced bread, and it's like, really? Right, right. And, and like, and I, I feel like it's not just in, like, the aesthetic, it's not just in, like... The fact that the game feels like super like edge lordy, like yeah, cyberpunk man, rock and roll man, like it's got that energy to it, which is fucking lame. Um, but like it also extends to just like weak, stupid fucking dialogue, you know, where like, um, yeah, like, like last night, like my character was like talking to like Johnny, 
You know, and he's like, he's like, oh, like fucking, like fucking blow my dick or some shit like that. Or like, oh, you're such a fucking, you know, you're such a fucking shit stain. You know, it's like this very like edgy teenage, like, you know, like, like it, it feels like if, if I gave like, uh, it, it's put yourself back in time. It's 2004 and I hand a, a 13 year old boy in a slipknot shirt, a pen and paper. And I'm like. Write down like bullet points of what you think would be in a cool cyberpunk game. It's like that is what it is, you know. Just like yeah, yeah, it's that super I mean, it's like been in development for so long. So maybe that's what they did. It's this like super Gen Xy like fucking you know. Oh it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's the game for boomers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even boomers. It's it's super like no, Gen X-y, know, like, yeah. yeah, like I listen to Fred Durst, man. Like it's got that kind of energy and it fucking it's lame. It's fucking lame. And like it sucks because there's things about the world I really like. Like I like the architecture, I like the fashion, I like uh a lot of like the the like logo design and, and stuff like that in the world, like those things are cool, but then I hear some of these characters talk, and I'm like, I don't ever want to hang out with you. And, like, it's, I don't know. It sucks. Like, it sucks, because that stuff won't change. That stuff won't get better, and I don't think it's very good. Um, and it's really funny to me to see some of the the types of gamers who are falling all over themselves to defend this game, and they were the same kind of people who were like, The Last of Us 2 has a bad story, and I love cyberpunk, and I'm just like... Okay. Okay. I don't understand how anyone could defend this game. And that brings brings us on, I think, to the fact that it's, it's getting review-bombed pretty heavily on Metacritic. And the fact that the oh, bonuses were linked to the fucking Metacritic score. I it's mean... like, what the hell? So this a... had to get a 90? A 90? And that's this is through no fault of any of the developers. This is a fault of management releasing a game that is not done. Ready. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not finished. And this was after they enforced a mandatory six-day week where people had to come into work six days a week to finish a game, and they didn't manage to do it because there just wasn't enough man hours, and they've I, released something on PS4 and Xbox that's completely broken, so people are rightly going and writing angry reviews about this game and, and rating it poorly. And it's got to the point where Sony today have even started refunding people on PS4 for they should. the digital version they of this game. They fucking should. Because it's broken. And, and not, not for nothing, too. Uh, again, do we all remember uh, just a few days ago, just a few days ago before the game was out, and one Callie Pleggy, uh, which is, I believe how you say her name, if not, excuse me, Callie, uh, from GameSpot, who gave the game a 7, which is on their score, on their review score, still, quote-unquote, good, and that was controversial. That was something that she was getting death threats for and that people were making YouTube videos I saw videos, videos like on YouTube where people were saying she didn't even play the game. There's some evidence she didn't even play the game. And it's like, fuck off. You haven't played the game. Like, you have no idea if this game's good or not. And then as soon as you get your hands on the game, you go and review bomb it because, oh, it turns out that um, the, the reviewers were right and the game's not that good. Oh, wow. What a surprise. Oh, the game that they had five days to review and you could only get it on PC and there's something wrong with and, it? And wow. then you couldn't share footage that you recorded. You had to use the B-roll. 
And the, and it feels like they hid the PS4 and Xbox versions that so many people yeah, had pre-ordered. They absolutely did. They did a special did. edition. They did a special edition Xbox and controller to go with it. There was this whole partnership with Microsoft that we're going to release this game. It plays best on Xbox One X and all of this stuff. And it still plays like shit. And not for nothing, like this is a thing that I think is getting lost too because there I've seen a lot of uh, people who are playing the game on PC being like, well, it runs fine on PC. Like I've had a good experience. It sucks for the people that are having a bad one or whatever there are plenty of people you go on the fucking go on reddit go on the pc master race subreddit or the cyberpunk subreddit and you'll see dozens of people who are playing on high high end rigs and the game is still not running well it's still crashing it's still having glitches like it's not it's not like it runs perfectly on pc and it just happens to be bad on consoles because that's a narrative i've seen too where people are like well why do you why does anyone expect it to run on a console that came right out? i'm sorry but this was announced at E3 on Microsoft stage as an Xbox game. And that is the target. Like, they announced this in 2018 at E3 on Microsoft stage. If they weren't going to release it on Xbox or it couldn't run on Xbox, they shouldn't have fucking announced it. Or it should have come stage. out later. Like, because guess what? Yeah. You're allowed to do that. If the game had come out on PC this week and, you know, 70% of people on PC seem to be having like, and that's just a number I'm throwing out, right? Don't take that to the bank. Um, say 70% of people are having a fine experience with it and some people are having glitches or whatever. Hey, that would be acceptable. That's an acceptable margin of error, right? Oh, we're going to fix it. It doesn't work on some graphics card. Sorry. We're going we're gonna to patch it. And then it comes to next-gen consoles and it fucking works. The narrative around this game would be totally different. But the fact that uh, – and I, I was uh, guesting on uh, the Gamer Delphia podcast this week, and we were talking about some of the, the percentages. It's like 40-something percent. It's almost 50% of people bought the game on console. So that's almost 50% of the people who are trying to play this game right now are having a subpar or unplayable experience. And you and have to how think How many that of those people are playing on last-gen consoles? The they vast majority. That many the vast PS5 majority Because there's only yeah. like 10 million next-gen consoles in the wild. You know, 12 million, whatever. Mm. Like, there's not that many of us who have access to it on Series X or, or PS5. And yeah, it runs fine on those platforms, but it's not great. Like, I'll say this. This is the first time that I've ever felt burned by buying a game. Like, that... that Pre-ordering, I, I think, is the... This is probably one of the times where I'm just like, yeah, I should have probably listened to people and... And not pre-ordered video games. See, my thing is, the reviews. I I would have gotten it anyway, just because I wanted to do this. You know, like mm-hmm. knowing how bad uh, some people said it was. Um, I think I said this. I might have said this to you on stream last week or something. Who knows? Um, when you talk this much on the internet, it all bleeds together. Uh, <laughs> where um, I feel like the game. Um, the, the negativity around it hampered my expectations, but not my interest. Like, I still felt like I needed to play it and have my own opinion so that I could, like, have this conversation with you and, and talk about the ways in which it failed. Um, so I, I kind of expected that it was going to be a mess once the pre-release reviews came out. But if I was just a regular consumer, I absolutely would have canceled my pre-order and... I think I would have been better off for it because if you play, but, the- but if you're just the average consumer, like my dad, for example, you who won't know. Saw the, 
who saw the scores and was like, oh, they're just getting nines and tens. It seems to be a, people are thinking it's a great game, but doesn't dig deep into it and go, oh, actually, this was only on the PC version. Oh, actually, they're not releasing any footage of the, the console version. And even then, the PC reviewers can't use any of their own footage. So if there are any glitches, all they can use is B-roll that, we, that have been provided by the publisher and the developer. Yep. So... I I I think this is one of the most public examples of like a bait and switch. Like this absolutely feels like a bait and switch on their part for them to not allow reviewers to put out footage, to not touch the last gen versions, to not touch current gen versions when they knew that 50% of the people that were going to buy the game, uh, roughly 50%, were going to play it there and would have a bad experience. They knew that. Yeah. Um, I agree, and if it, and it really feels like CD Projekt Red have lost a lot of good faith with their fans. I, th- I think they burned that. all of it. I think they fucking yeah. burned every last bit of goodwill they earned from The Witcher Three. How could they not? This is this is egregious that this game came out in this uh, in this state. And and I and I honestly, I think it's super fucking telling seeing the way that some gamers are de- are defending this game. Because this game is fucking garbage. And if this game was put out by EA, if this game was put out by Ubisoft, if it was put out by Activision, uh, it would be a totally fucking different conversation. If Assassin's Creed had come out and looked like this and played like this, it would be a totally different fucking conversation. I mean, just look at the shit that Ubisoft had for Watch Dogs and the fact that it was it was seemingly broken on Xbox and you couldn't progress past that save though, uh, that, uh, that save point. They got hammered for it. Yep. I mean, rightly so. That's unacceptable to to put a game out and and advertise it so heavily as a next gen game. But angry, like, hyped up fanboys like this game, Steve. So they will defend it to the death, even if it has. And you know what, problems. though, like if, if if you do like this game and you do like the all of the mechanics that we've spoken about that we dislike, then then fine, fair enough. But I still think if you can, you should wait until a lot of these bugs are fixed. Definitely. And, that's... and then experience it yourself. Yeah, because that's... Like, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, do you know what? I'm going to... I think I might pause on this and I might come back when the Series X patch comes out or in at least a month's time yeah. when they fix some of the other gl- issues. Like, even this week, they fixed, like, the reflections, for example, in, in 1.04 have changed. So they're not as blurry and smudgy and horrible. So the game yeah. looks a little bit better. It's like slowly getting better as I mean, time progresses. We're beta testing it is the thing is we paid to beta test it, you know, and it's frustrating. But I'm in a weird spot with it because like I, this conversation has been overtly negative because this game is a fucking hot mess. But like I do like it. Like I'm still playing it. I'm still having fun when I'm playing it. It's just like it could have been a, a game that I thought was was good to great and that I was willing to go to bat for and, and talk up. And now it's the game that I would rec- – if somebody hit me up and was like, should I get this game? I would say, no, you should not. Um, and no amount of fun that I'm going to have with it is going to outweigh that, you know, and, and that sucks. And I think I'm at the point where I'm going to keep playing until it really – unless it loses me, unless it, you know, fucks me again and eats my save or I really, like, get to a point where the narrative or something turns me off. Because right now, like, I'm interested in the main storyline. There are some side characters I've met who I really like and I want to pull on those threads and see where they go. And, like, the game has things going for it. It has things about it that speak to me 
it's just a shame that it shot itself in both feet before it came out the door and that like if it had come out next year the narrative would be totally different around it i think so my thing is i i I think so too and you know they had the perfect excuse this year of look we've we've had we've been having to work from home we haven't been able to test this properly we really wish want to give it some more time in the oven i mean ubisoft's done it with a bunch of their games just delay the thing until like march april next year even further into the future microsoft has just delayed halo until next november right like i think you could easily have done the same thing and said look this game doesn't run on PS4 and, and Xbox One the way we want it to run. And we're just going to give up with that. We're, we're going to yeah. sacrifice the money we would have made from those millions of copies that we sold. Because they've already said that the game's made back its production costs based on the number of copies yeah, that they sold. Yeah, it's all 8 million the copies pre-orders. Exactly. So it became the best-selling uh, PC game, beating World of Warcraft that like held the record for like two days. Like, because of the pre-orders that they had. So they've already made their money back. They could have got their money back regardless, even if they only made this a next-gen game. And more people would have had a more optimal and better experience with it. And I think that's a, that's a problem. Like, this game isn't unplayable on the next-gen consoles because there are those performance modes. Even on Series S, it plays at 30 frames per second and, and it seems yeah. to work just fine. But on those last-gen consoles, you will have a miserable experience and it will not, not work properly. It's not worth it. It's not worth playing on last-gen consoles, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, I, I think we'll talk more about Cyberpunk in the weeks to come. I'm going to keep playing it for now. We'll see if Steve's dropped off by next week. Um, but I think where I'm at with it is I want to keep playing. I want to see if it if it loses me, if I, if I can get through it in its current state. And then I think I'd like to try and revisit it um, once it actually has the next-gen version and is running well because um, I would like to see the game for what it's supposed to be, not the bo- – like just – jank way that it launched um plus i am kind of interested in seeing how one of the other you know character paths play out so oh, well which character path did you go with by the way because we didn't speak we didn't talk way. about that at all i went with street kid as well me too i really want to try nomad next because i've just done a storyline where i've met a nomad character yeah and she seems really cool and i want to try that world out like I, i'm guessing i went to the nomad camp where you start out in mm-hmm. the nomad starter um, path so i'll be interested to see that but it seems seemingly is the only, only the beginning of the game that really has any effect yeah and otherwise you just get these like bits of text that yeah. make zero contribution I, to the the main story. I know that there are some key differences. Like one of the things, um, one of the reasons I wanted to check out the nomad path is, uh, I'm a big fan of, um, of, uh, Alana Pierce, you know, she's a YouTuber and like used to work at IGN and rooster teeth. Now she's a games writer. Um, she has a character in cyberpunk that's like based on her and she voiced and they're only in the nomad path. So there are certain characters that you only run into on, Okay. Street Kid or Nomad or, or Corpo. So um, there are little differences there as well. So I, I'd like to, like, at least experience her character's quest line. So I think that'll give me an excuse to go back to it when it works. But we'll see if, if I want to at that point. I don't know. But uh, at this point, we should move on. We've talked about Cyberpunk for way longer than I intended. Um, but yep. we clearly had You to... said half an hour, and I knew it wasn't going to be half an hour. <laughs> no way. No way that was going to happen, but that's fine. So uh, before we jump into the news this week, uh, we did have one question on the Cyberpunk side from from our uh, our own Left Eye Lazy, one of our Patreon supporters. He says, with how glitchy Cyberpunk seems to be on X- PS4 and Xbox One, does this mean no Switch port confirmed? Uh, I'm positive that you were joking but yes it's not coming to switch There's oh no, no i could I, I could see it coming in the way that a control just showed up 
like they just try and make some cash off of a streaming system but that is such a shitty experience you really should know. like maybe but i don't know i think especially with this game like i don't see how that happens like it doesn't did, even run. did you see though like nintendo trying to cash in on their news story it's like cyberpunk games on the nintendo eShop, and it's like all these like jank ass like things with cyberpunk in the title or have some yeah. like, neon lights yeah. in and it's like no come on like no one really wants that no we're just like all talking about the the hot new game and just because you haven't got it on your platform you don't need to be involved in everything yeah yeah Ugh. all right so let's jump into the news so obviously i think the the headline this week when it comes to news is of course uh that we had this year's game awards uh the you know, the the first done uh, while in lockdown, hopefully the last done while in lockdown. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a ton of news to talk about there. But before that, I did just want to jump into a quick question from the mail pot uh, that is pertaining to what would have been the biggest piece of news this week if it wasn't for the Game Awards, which is that Persona 5 Strikers... Uh, the sequel to Persona 5, um, which had been announced ages ago um, for Japan and was supposed to be coming to the West. There was this back and forth on if we thought it was going to come. Is it not? It got delisted. Here we go. Finally coming. Confirmed. We got the trailer. We got special editions are available for pre-order. And you know that that means that our friendly neighborhood snack guy, Zade, wrote in with, uh, with a little bit of Persona uh, question for me. So... Zaid says, what's up, fellas? With the long-awaited and let's be real deserved announcement date for Persona 5 Strikers, is it just me or am I the only one who likes Persona 5 Scramble instead of Persona 5 Strikers? They're both not very good, so I don't really care. Uh, (laughs) How are you feeling about getting the sequel to the original Persona 5 before the original Persona 5 on Nintendo Switch? And how are you feeling in general? You you guys know me. I am beyond hyped as I've already pre-ordered the PS4 and Switch versions at the time of of writing. Awaiting the Steam version to pre-order. Hope all is well with you guys and you're staying safe. Love y'all. Your friendly neighborhood snack guy, Zaid. Uh, so I don't really care that it's on Switch and and P5 isn't. I would love P5 to have been on Switch, but it's not. I already played it on PlayStation. I'm not going to play it again, uh, at least not anytime soon. So I've kind of like, I'm over that at this point. If it comes, it comes. Cool. But I don't need it anymore. And I'm not going to play Strikers on Switch because the footage from it looks like it's struggling on Switch at 30 FPS. I'm not. I'm. I'm not playing Strikers at all because it's a Musi game, and I don't care. Doesn't I'm matter that from Hyrule Warriors. I don't care. It can be any theme whatsoever. I will not enjoy these games, and I will not play them. So that that to me doesn't matter because the the whole point of this game is like it's the dialogue. You know, like I I don't want to play the Muso stuff. I don't like Musos. I don't care. Like, I, I love the Persona 5 cast and the fact that this is a true sequel story written by that team and that it, you know, continues the the tale of the Phantom Thieves. Like, that's all I need. I'm going to check it out. I'm definitely going to play it in February on my PlayStation 5. And uh, you'll hear me talk more about it then. Okay. I mean, I look forward to it. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not playing this game um, as much as I like Persona 5. I never even finish it. Right. probably finish that one first. You'll play Royal, right? That's what you're going to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what I'm doing. I'm just waiting for my PS5. That's that's all it is. I'll, Perfect. I'll play it on PS5. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so let's jump into uh, the Game Awards. There. Uh, so you know, I'd like to start here. How did you feel about the show overall? 
Right, we talked about it earlier. Yeah, it's, it's the first one that was produced from home. Obviously, a lot different than Game Awards past. Um, personally, I I I have problems with the show, and I have critiques that I'm ready to talk through. But I do think that Jeff and his team deserve uh, a pat on the back for for pulling it together mm-hmm. because I can't imagine that the show. I'm sure that every year the Game Awards is really hard to put together. This year it must have been just so difficult to coordinate all those spinning plates and, and have something that went off as seamlessly as it did. You know, like I felt like the production side of things went pretty smoothly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the worst seemed to be a few like I message dings coming in that Jeff made a joke about. It was like, Oh, you can hear all the congratulations. Yeah. Messages coming Which, through. That to me is just like, that felt cute. You know, like yeah, it's, it's like, like par for the course. You yeah. Know, this is what, this is, this is 2020. I mean, everyone's had like a zoom meeting where they're, cat or their dogs walked in or they've had to like go off and do something it really just captures what 2020 was all about which is you know social distancing being safe and and figuring out a way to carry on with life with without it affecting stuff that we all we all want to experience which like i said jeff did jeff did a great job my main concern overall um is with the fact that this doesn't feel like an award show Hades, for example, Supergiant didn't even get a chance to say anything or like collect an award. Right. It was like they won three, I think, awards in total. They definitely won Best Indian and Best Action Which game. are both big categories. Huge categories. Never got a chance to even say anything. And you had some companies like... Um, uh, I can't remember. I think it's Inner Sloth, the creators of Among Us. They got on, to speak were twice. Able to like speak twice, and yeah. it's just like, ugh, feels a bit crappy. And they, we- the way they blitz through the awards, like I, I made that comment on Twitter before, and you like you disagree with me, but then I think you kind of came around. Yeah, to the fact I did. There's only thir- there's only thirty awards, and there's three hours of the show. They can't fit them all into the main show. That we've got to blitz through huge categories like best indie and best family game before the shows even well, began. Indie indie was during the show, but but I think um, where I was disagreeing with you was about like the pre-show because in the pre-show there was really only, in my opinion, anyway, two major categories that got looked at there, which was um, best family game, which went to Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Shout out to Animal Crossing and best score, which went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, well-deserved in that category as well. Um, I thought that score was amazing. Those are relevant categories. And as, as far as, like, you know, best esports coach, best esports team, best esports game, all that stuff, like, if you're in the esports scene, no disrespect. I don't think that that matters that much to a broader audience. And I could understand, like putting that stuff in the, stuff in the pre-show or, you know, rushing through some of this, the minor categories. Cause like I mentioned to you on Twitter, right? Like the Oscars do that for like the technical awards, which uh, people don't care about as much as best picture and best actor and whatever. Fine. Fair play. But like best. Indie- but the way they were rattling through the, the categories, even in the main show, cause it was just way been like, Oh, now we're going to, it's like, now we're just going to announce the esports ones. But like, he was even like, Oh, and best indie goes to Hades. And it's like, what? Like yeah. seriously, do we just you know gloss over the fact that you know you never even got like a, a glimpse? You know how at the Oscars you might get a little bit of a trailer as to what the games were. It was just Jeff standing on stage with a list of the nominations, and then he like best indie game it. Hades, best action game Hades, best mobile game among you know like yeah, and it's like and, and and again not for nothing like I think that there were there are major categories like art direction, best indie, whatever that like did not get a chance to speak. 
which is bullshit. And like the Among Us team got to speak twice. One of the categories they talked for was best mobile game. I don't want to fucking hear from the team behind best mobile game. I really don't. Like, sorry, no disrespect. Like, I, I think most gamers don't think of mobile games as being part of like traditional games. And yeah, there are great games that come from that space. Among Us was a mobile game first. All the respect in the world to that game and that team and what it's achieved. But, like, I would much rather hear from the team behind Animal Crossing or Final Fantasy or Ghost of Tsushima or Tell Me Why or Hades or any of the other significant categories that won or, or, you know, that had these winners that we didn't even get to hear from. Hades was one of the most beloved games of the year. It was nominated for Game of the Year. We didn't hear from them once. I had to hear from Naughty Dog, like, three times. Like I know, yeah. And like, like and Neil, I, and Neil like, Druckmann here again, like pretending that he he didn't know he was going to win the award anyway. And like, like and really. nothing against Naughty Dog, but like, that sucks. Like that sucks. And like, it's an award show, and like the game awards are supposed to be about celebrating games. And I know that more people show up for the game announcements than they do for the awards themselves. Fine. Which in itself feels weird. It's like we're celebrating the last year, but really all we're looking forward to is what's to come it's like we're just glossing over the fact that all these amazing games happened in 2020 or even prior to 2020 in the case of um uh uh the jedi fall, game fall order. Remember yeah fallen order it's like really and and that insistence that we're doing it in december means that a bunch of games get discounted you know cyberpunk i don't think it would have even come close to winning uh game of the year but you know that's discounted because it released in december it might be up next year who knows i i highly doubt it at this point but that that uh, doesn't bother me like i i i've gotten in that argument with danny on twitter i just i don't think it's fair to to ding the awards for that like that's how it works like nobody wants to listen to what was the best game of 29 uh 2020 in 2021 Right. Like that just doesn't work. And like you can listen to anybody who makes content for a living. They'll tell you that like a a game of the year, end of the year stuff works at the end of the year. In January, everybody wants to talk about what's next and what's coming next. So that's where it has to go. That's it. But January feels like that would be the perfect place because this show is all about what's next. You look at the number of announcements that were made versus the number of awards given out. It really does feel like a a look into the future as well as a reflection of just what just happened and and all these games that came out in 2020 or even prior to 2020. You know, there's a few games that came out this year that were nominated for awards. Hades came out as early access. We had Among Us that came out and won an award that was way prior to it kind of reaching general um population this year uh there's you know there's several um examples of that so i mean i don't see why it couldn't shift a month to january but i get that you know if it's in december that's where it is that's where it lands and but yeah so to take it back to the the point you were just making before that that was my biggest critique is that it's just like i feel like the awards feel like an afterthought and i feel like there's always commentary about that i think this was the first year where i felt like it was like egregious you know or like yeah for because we because again you said there's 30 awards right we have a list in front of us right now of one two three four five six seven eight eight awards that we thought were like these are like the biggest categories and we didn't hear from most of the winners and like that to me is not acceptable and like i get it game announcements are the hype shit that people show up for you got to have that you got to have the commercials because as much as people want to bitch about commercials in the game awards which again is i think a really like kind of a childish thing to do it's like these are just announcements these aren't announcements these are just commercials right that's what paid for the show 
That's how broadcast works. You have to pay for it somehow, and it gets paid for in commercials. Fine. I can accept that. And I didn't think the commercials were that bad. The I worst ones, I thought, for me, were the Facebook ones. I'm just like, fuck off, Facebook. You yeah. had nothing to do fuck with you. all these get good causes. Here. Just go away. Yeah, get out of here. We don't want you in this space. Um, so, that, so like, to me, though, it's like you look at what else was there. There's a lot of fat that you could trim from this show. Like, we didn't need Eddie Vedder to come play the song from The Last of Us 2. Okay, we didn't. And, like, I don't say that as, like, a... I'm too young and I don't care about Eddie Vedder and I'm too fucking cool for school. Like a lot of people on Twitter where it's just like, I don't, I don't particularly like Pearl Jam at all, but there's people who that was for fine, whatever. Put that in the pre-show, put that in the post. I was all about that Mario medley though. Like that was, I mean, that was cool too. Philharmonic orchestra from Abbey Road, but you know, we didn't need it in the middle of it. And I, and I love the Mario music. I'd get rid of that too. Strike both of them. We don't need musical performances at the expense of the fucking award winners getting the, to speak. The things, well, the things I really didn't need is to pop over to uh, the screen where I can see a few people using some Instagram filters every uh, every fifteen minutes to check in with. Didn't how, need that either. How great it is on, on with the face with the Instagram AR filters. I really don't give a shit. And, I really didn't care. And again, like I think it's cute that you get celebrity cameos and all that stuff but like again not needed like when it was like oh my god i really did not want to see christopher nolan come out and tell us all how great he is again like i did we didn't need that i didn't need him to present the it should have been someone from the games industry yeah exactly exactly that's it it should have been someone from the games industry and when it's you're like these celebrities don't legitimize the Game Awards. They're just famous people at the Game Awards. And it's like, for some of them, it was fine. Like, like when it was I could like, understand Keanu, for example, because he's, yeah, he's just fucking been in, in Cyberpunk. one of the hottest like, games. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Totally makes sense for him to be there and be like, video games are cool. I had a great time with them. They're always growing and everything. Here's the fucking narrative award. Great. Awesome. Or like, I thought that like Brie Larson did a good job presenting because she showed up. Well, she's and- a huge Animal Crossing fan as well, right? Well, yeah, but also she didn't talk that much. You know, like she showed up and she'd like she was like, "Hi, I'm Brie Larson. Video games are pretty fucking cool, huh? Let's read who who won this award." Like that, and that was it. Like that's fine if you want to do that. I'm good with that. It's when you get to the <laughs> thing where it's like, let's have fucking the guys from Cobra Kai like have this weird little skit and then like have Ralph Macchio like read yeah. video game titles weird. Like that was fine, but it's like it took more time than it needed to. Or like I didn't need the Swedish chef side thing so that you could talk about overcooked dlc like some of this stuff should have been trimmed so that i could fucking hear from the people who made hades so i could hear from the team behind <laughs> ghost of tsushima like that's the people i want to no, hear no, no. Talk. But then we but then we wouldn't have had time for jeff uh jeff keely's face to show up in among us on a mask and that he couldn't have told us all about that because i really <laughs> needed to know and see jeff keely's face on a an Among Us character. It's like, whatever, you know, like, I, I get it. Like, I get it. There has to be a balance of this stuff, and I respect that, but I think I think it was way, way too on the, the side of everything but the awards this year. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that I do think that Jeff and his team did a good job with production, and, like, I have to imagine this was a pain in the ass to put together, and that could have been a problem, too, that we're, that we're not even aware of. Like, maybe some of these winners, like, couldn't show up or had bad internet or whatever. Like, it could be other things that we don't, that we're not thinking of, but that's my biggest note for next year is, like, let's let the awards have some fucking room to breathe. 
Also, they made the show longer this year. It was four hours. I feel like they could have fit some stuff in that we. You're telling me, and and like on reflection, like because I came away from the awards, I came to bed. Macaulay gave up and just went to bed, and I was just like, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna watch the rest of these. I shouldn't have because it was like half past three in the morning by the time I ended up going to sleep. But I went, uh, I went to bed, and Macaulay was like, "Oh, how how was the the show you're watching?" And I was like, "Ah, I didn't think it was that great." But on reflection. I actually think it was a really great show. The announcements that came out. There's so many like, good you announcements. Look, you look back at them and I've listed the ones that I've been, I was excited about. There might have been some that I missed. Some huge things announced that I'm really excited for. And the winners, the one, I think they were all justified in my opinion. I don't think I there was anything that, that I would go, I would contest and go, whoa, I can't believe that one. Um, I'm happy with with uh, where the awards landed, so it feels like it was a good show. So real quick, before we get into announcements, let's just briefly talk through the winners, and we can kind of comment on that stuff real quickly. Like I said, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons won Best Family Game, which we all know is generally the best Nintendo game category, so no surprises there. Yeah. Kind of sad to see that that was the only award that it won. Um, Me too. But I also... Th- I also think I agree with the point that you made where I don't think that the other winners didn't deserve to win. It's just I love Animal Crossing and I would have loved to see it get more love, but yeah. I just don't know that it beat out any of the other games that it was up against in those categories, frankly. It was a really, really heavy year for games. It was. And, I mean, that was clear in the in the categories and, and who uh, all of these games were up against. And, and I think a lot of them could have gone either way. Yeah, um, I agree. I th- and I think and, that was the case for a few of these categories. Fine. Yeah. Uh, best score, I said, went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well-deserved. That game has a fucking amazing soundtrack. Um, one of the best things about it, frankly. So, you know, happy to see that one take home the, the win on that. Uh, best art direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. Did not expect that, and I am super pleased with that. I think, you know, anybody who listens to this show knows that that was one of the things I, I fucking was, like, screaming from the rooftops yeah. about Ghost of Tsushima is how beautiful it is and what a great aesthetic that it has. Um, so well-deserved on that on that regard. Super, super huge shout-out to uh, to Ghost of Tsushima. And, and um, again, I, I think if you haven't played that game, you're really doing yourself a disservice if you've got a PlayStation. Pick that up instead of Cyberpunk. You fucking kidding me? Uh, games for Impact went to Tell Me Why. Love to see it. Uh, I love Don't Not. I thought Tell Me Why was was really a great experience, and I would have I would have liked to have seen it uh, get a little bit more attention. So I'm hoping that this award helps. You know, maybe a couple people go check it out. I'm thinking I might pick this. Uh, well, not pick this one up. It's on Game Pass, right? So I it's think I might free. download this one and and give it a try uh, over the over the Christmas break. I've got two weeks off coming up, so I'm planning on playing a lot of video games, and awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I really hope you do. I think it's well worth your time. And it's short. It's three episodes. You could beat it in, in like, a long weekend easily, you yeah. know? Um, well worth your time, I think. Tell me why. And shout-out definitely deserves for game Games for Impact. I didn't play most of the other games on that list, but um, I think Tell Me Why has the best representation of a trans character that I've ever seen in video games, so... That, to me, uh, definitely deserves the win, deserves the nod. Uh, Like we teased earlier, Hades won both Best Indie and Best Action Game. No fucking contest, in my opinion. I feel like that was was the clear fucking winner when it comes to Indie. It was nominated for Game of the Year. Game took the world by storm. And as an action game, like, yeah, are you fucking kidding me? That game is butter smooth. I love the way that game plays. Yeah, I need to pick that up still. Pretty sure it's on sale right now. Um... 
for the it game. Was, it, you've you've only got the Game Awards out of North America. Oh no, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, keep an eye out. I'm sure it'll be on sale uh, around the holiday. And again, Hades, a game I could not recommend more highly. Uh, we said this before: best mobile game and best multiplayer game went to Among Us. I think that makes sense, right? For mobile, I haven't played any other games in the category. So whatever, can't really speak to that. But uh, from best multiplayer game, like Among Us was fucking huge this year. Like I think the only other game that really made sense to go up against it was Fall Guys, you know, or Animal Crossing. I guess you can make that argument because of how much people were playing it. But like Fall Guys had its moment and came and went. Animal Crossing's online had tons of problems despite being really, really fun. Uh, Among Us is fucking huge. Like AOC's playing Among Us on Twitch, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, a big, it's a big fucking game, so... Uh, I, I felt like that was well-deserved, and um, that team got real emotional, and, like, I felt, I felt like... I oh, was it like, was so cute. I was I like, good that, for yeah. you guys, man. Like, good for you guys, this small studio that all of a sudden this game that came out years ago is just on fire, and you had your moment tonight. Like, good for you guys. Uh, well-deserved, I think. Uh, and then kind of the wrap-up here, last couple... Um, the Last of Us 2, unsurprisingly, cleaned up, won several awards. It won Best Action Adventure Game. Uh, Laura Bailey won Best Performance for her uh, role as Abby. Uh, I thought yeah, that was well-deserved. I, I loved Ashley Johnson's reaction to it and how happy she was that Laura had won yeah. the award. You just saw her. She was like, yes, yes. And she was so happy that her friend had, had won the award, yeah. which was so, so endearing. I think that was another one that it was, like, no surprise. Like, I don't think there's any universe where a, a, a performance, aside from one of the two amazing performances in The Last of Us, won. You know, I just, I don't, I don't see how that would make sense. Um, but Abby I was glad me it was, was the, Me too. She was the standout in that game, I think. It was the way she handled such a complex character that you hated at the beginning of the game and then came to, came around to towards the end, especially when she's like in that final denouement and she's like battling Ellie and it's just like, Oh my God, like what the fuck? You know, it's like that to me was just like a no brainer yeah. on, on her winning. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, Laura Bailey is one of those names where, like, she's so popular that, like, it feels, like, blasé to talk about how good she is. But she's incredible at what she does. And and I think Abby uh, was a wonderful character who is owes so much to Laura's performance. Um, so I am was super pleased to see her win in that category. I, I think it was – she was clearly should have been the winner. Uh, despite the fact that, again, I think this was a category where even outside of her and Ashley, um, some great fucking performances on this list. So – uh, another category I think could have went to almost anybody, but I'm glad it went to her. Uh, and then Best Direction also went to The Last of Us 2. And then Game of the Year went to Last of Us 2, uh, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, so I, a few things to talk about this. Uh, we had a, a possible question like that we were going to jump into that was uh, jumping off of a, a, a Kotaku article that was making the rounds about games that are created under crunch and best direction. I'd like to save that conversation for next week. I don't really think we have the space for it. And I have the, I have, I'm thinking that it'll be a slow enough week next week that we can fit that in as like a main topic. Um, so yeah. if you guys are not interested in that and you don't want us to talk about it next week, let us know. Otherwise we'll kick that one for next week. Um, but I wanted to use uh, a question we got from one Eddie Road Dog, uh, my buddy Ed from the Gamerdelphia podcast, as a jumping off point, where he says, Is The Last of Us 2 the most divisive game of the year choice in recent memory? 
So I'm going to, you know, jump in to answer this question and say, I think Last of Us 2 deserved this win. Um, I don't think that it was the only choice. I think that there are other games on this list that it, if, it, if it had gone to them, um, I would have understood it. Uh, I could have respected it. But to me, you know, and, and I, I made this point on, on Ed's show, actually. I, I think you look at The Last of Us 2 and what The Last of Us 2 achieves with its story and the way that it tells the story and the way that it uses video games as uh, an artistic medium to tell a story that could only be told in a video game. Uh, is standout and is special in a way that no other game on this list is, you know? And, and I know um, you've made the argument, Steve, that, like, Animal Crossing is the game of 2020, and, like, I, I respect that argument, but, you know, I think The Last of Us 2 is not my favorite game on this list, but I when you compare it to every other game on this list, like, no other game on this list did something on that level that was, like, groundbreaking or new. You know, Mm -hmm. like the Animal Crossing is a great iteration on the Animal Crossing formula. The uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a great iteration on the third person open world action adventure formula. Hades is is an amazing, amazingly tight roguelike action game. Like, but those are all just great execution of things we've seen and done before. And there's there's a place for that. That's there's those things are deserving of of accolade and, and recognition as well. But the Last of Us story made me feel something I've never felt playing a video game, never felt experiencing a piece of art before. Because it it leveraged video games in a unique way. And Yeah, I mean uh, we spoke about on the spoiler cast, like I can I genuinely remember feeling uncomfortable not doing wanting to do some of the things you, that game makes you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's testament to I think the writing, the performances, the the gameplay, the direction, everything in that game comes together to make such a memorable experience. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I don't actually think this was a divisible choice. Uh I really think that it was deserving of the win. I went back and actually looked at previous year's winners. I actually think last year's winner was more dividing. Way more divisive, yeah. It was Sekiro, uh, and I actually, having played it now, think Control probably should have clinched that victory. That game is extremely interesting. There's a lot more experiments, a lot more with gameplay than than I think um, Sekiro does in any way. Um and the same, I went back all the way to 2016 when Overwatch wa- uh, won against things like Doom, Inside, Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4. I think those probably there was probably an argument at the time that why did why does Overwatch deserve to win that when you know you had games like Uncharted and Titanfall 2 up against it. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that Game of the Year is always going to be somewhat controversial. Because not everybody agrees what the best game of the year is. I think that the Last of Us conversation is because it was so charged earlier this year. Uh, I said it then and I'll say it now. I think that most of the people that don't like The Last of Us 2 don't like it because they're bigots. And I'm not saying that if you don't like the game, that you're a bigot or you're a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. You're absolutely entitled to experience any piece of art and not like it and not got what Steve and I got out of it. That's not what I'm saying. My thing is, though, I think that there are so many people that are so committed to the narrative that The Last of Us 2 is bad and it has a bad story and it's objectively bad. It's not. 
And you're wrong if, if that's what you think. Because A, things can't be objectively bad. That's not how opinions work. <laughs> Second of all, uh, there are a lot of people, us included, on this podcast right now that you are listening to who think that it's a wonderful game with a wonderful story. And that opinion is just as valid as your opinion of not liking it. So, yeah, like, The Last of Us was uh, a fairly divisive game, but I think that the narrative around it is a lot more divisive than the actual number of people who played it. I think there are a lot more people who are angrily yelling about how it's bad and not good for X, Y, or Z reason than there are people who played it and genuinely hated it or didn't like it that's my take agreed yeah i i wholeheartedly agree with you um yeah i know i've made that argument for for animal crossing um but i am not upset that the last of us 2 won it would have been high on my list it probably is but in my kind of internal argument with myself it is one of those two games it's animal crossing or the last of us 2 that deserves the win for yeah, very I, different reasons. Right, exactly. I think that's the f- interesting thing is I think which one you pick really comes down to what how you're judging game of the year and what you what criteria by which you're you're kind of laying it out. Um But yeah, so I'm I'm happy with all those wins. I, I, I was surprised that there was so much negativity. Um but you know, we'll talk more about the crunch issue next week, and then of course we have our own game of the year conversation coming up uh very shortly, which should be a really, really fun episode. Is that the next episode? Game of the Year. No, that'd be out. Uh, yes, actually. The next yeah. episode is the Game of the, the Year. The next episode's Game of the Year. Okay, so uh, t- tune in for that one. It's going to be good. <laughs> we'll have our own, our own Game of the Year discussion there. So, so let's get into the announcements. Um, kicking things off, obviously, I think the, the most, you know, the, I think one of the biggest headlines from this event uh, certainly the most important one within our our sphere was uh, the reveal of Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII fame coming to Smash Brothers as the latest fighter uh, for the DLC, which is fucking wild. Uh, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think anybody had that one on their scorecard. <laughs> no, Jeff, as soon as it was like revealed, tweeted out, surprise! It was yeah. Like- <laughs> it sure was. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, that that's it's interesting to me because I remember I was talking about it um with with my buddy Mike from my band before the event went live and I was like you know like I really want to see Crash I don't feel like there are that many characters left that will get me like hype like there are a lot that I would I'd be down for I'm excited for but like I don't have a list that I'm like oh I really need this character at this point you know I feel like there's so many characters that I love that it's like I'm kind of good um this is one that as soon as it happened I'm like you know what not I'm never I, I only got into Final Fantasy 7 with the remake so I'm not the mark of Final Fantasy 7 that a lot of people are but like this is hype as shit are you kidding me this is one of the most iconic video game villains of all time and nobody would have guessed that there would have been a second Final Fantasy 7 character no yeah. less you yeah, know like not I, everyone's gonna be battling battling him against Clyde and you, and you know that's gonna be happening yeah oh my god of course so that's super cool um don't know how much I'll use him. Doesn't really necessarily seem like my kind of fighter. Did but you buy the second season pass on this one? I did. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? Because really, the only one that I've been excited about is Steve from Minecraft, and I don't think you were even that bothered about him. No, I'm, I mean, like, I kind of feel that way about every fighter, though. Like, if they're not for me, that doesn't really matter. Because, like, I don't buy the the DLC just so I can play as the character. 
right? Like it's yeah, so yeah, that, we've it, spoken about so it everyone before. Can. You ha- you have it so that when people come around to your house and they're just like, oh wow, yeah, I can play as play as him or them yeah. or whatever, and you've got that option and choice there for for them. Yeah, and like between Min Min and Steve and Sephiroth, like as characters, I think that that's a great list. It's just a matter of like none of them are really my fighting style. Whereas like the first season. I, I play a lot of those characters. Like, I love playing as Banjo. So, like... Oh, I'd love Joker. This is the music I want from that, really. I just, yeah, I just play on that level. I'm just like, let's just play on the Persona stage, but I won't use Joker. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a great addition. Super cool announcement. Big surprise. It feels like the first Smash announcement in a while that people aren't, like, complaining about, which is nice. Do you know what, though? I really wish... Uh, Jeff didn't go on his I'm going to pre-reveal everything that's going to be at the Game Awards tirade on Twitter That would have been this so hype if that was just the first reveal and we had no exactly. idea Smash reveal was happening. Yeah, yeah. it would have been so much better that like you had no idea that Smash was even going to be there and then all of a sudden this is what's opening the show. But you gotta get uh, people to tune in. Oh, well, people were going to tune in anyway, weren't they? Yeah, I but mean, you know, know more people watched because they're like, oh, there's a Smash reveal? Click. Yeah. You know? I'm with you, though. Like, I, I would love for that to have been the case. But uh, speaking of game crossovers, but also things that were leaked in advance, uh, Master Chief is confirmed to be coming to Fortnite, which is fucking like, I love how Fortnite is just like trying to up the ante on Smash of like, oh, most ambitious crossover, whatever. We got Marvel. We got DC. We got Master Chief. We got Kratos. Star like, Star Wars. Like, everything. Everything's there. Fucking Weezer debuted a new song here. Who cares? <laughs> hey, well, you know, and Keanu was in there as John Wick way before he was in uh, Cyberpunk. It's so true. He, he's been in video games for a while now. And uh, they also added uh, Michonne and Daryl from The Walking Dead. It's just like, okay, cool, whatever. Just keep adding layers, whatever, Fortnite. Like, obviously not my game, but I respect what Fortnite does. People love it for a reason. Yeah. Okay, I guess. That's <laughs> crazy as fuck. <laughs> uh, we also got the confirmation of, now this is hype. This is my shit. Disco this Elysium. Was hype, but but this went like for me. It was like, oh shit, Disco Elysium's coming to Switch. Oh fuck, it's a it's only a PlayStation game. And then the reveal, then the, like the people digging, like, oh maybe it's coming because I am Eight Bit has announced the special edition. And then Jason Schreier's like, yeah, that was really misleading and and confusing. But by the way, it's coming out in summer it's on still every console, every, so yeah. don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, but if you want to play it first on PlayStation, you can in March 2021, right around the corner. Uh, there's a PS5 and a PS4 version, which is cool. And um, there's, like, a bunch of new shit. Like, they add full voice acting to every line of dialogue in the game. There's these new uh, political vision quests. So there's, like, a ton of new content. And this is a prime example of why, unless you have a podcast about video games, you probably shouldn't buy games when they're brand new. Because they're just yeah. better when you get them later. Because I, I, the first thing I tweeted was, Jesus, I'm so glad I waited to play this on console. Because yeah. I wanted to play it on console. I didn't want to play it on PC. And now I'm going to have a definitively better experience with it playing it on my PS5. So that's pretty cool. And the same thing happened with uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Like, they completely remade that game yeah. and redid the combat system. And it was totally different. And if you played the the original on PC, you had to start again. You couldn't continue. Like when that patch came out, you couldn't uh, carry on with the new combat style because it totally changed the way the game worked. So you had to go back to the beginning. And that's definitively the best game, the best way to play it. And you still got the option when you play on the console or you play a PC version, do you want to play traditional or this enhanced mode? But you know, you really should just play the enhanced mode. Yeah, and it's like how many people play a game and then don't ever play it again, right? So it's like, 
even if you played it and you enjoyed it, it's like, well, I'd like to play the better version, but do I want to play it again? I don't this, know. But this this feels like the kind of game you would, though, because of that whole, I can play this in so many different yeah, ways, because yeah. it is a true pen and paper RPG, and you can experience different yep. routes and different story story arcs because of how you're playing it. I'm really excited to play this game. I, I've been hyped for this game for for the whole year. I mean, we've been speaking about it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game that scratches the itch that I wanted Cyberpunk to scratch, so I'm excited to... Yeah. To play this. Um, so then we also got... Uh, and again, there's a ton of other announcements that aren't on this list. This is just the stuff that's kind of relevant to me and Steve. So if we miss something, you know, sorry, whatever. We can talk about it next week, I guess, if you want us to. Uh, we got to look at a bunch of other games. Open Roads um, was one that Steve and I both clocked as being very interesting to us. It's a story-driven... Um, it reminded me a lot of Red Lantern, actually. Where it's like... Too. You're on a road trip. It's procedurally generated. There are uh, a certain number of events that can take place, but they take place at random based on your run or whatever. Very similar to Red Lantern. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a day one for me. I'd love to check that out. Oh, yeah, and it's from the studio behind um, Gone Home, so you know it's Oh, yeah, some... uh, Annapurna, right? Uh, no, that's the publisher, but it's from oh, okay. the actual people that made Fulbright that made Gone Home. So you know this is coming with some uh, legacy behind it. It's going to be they quality. Much started the walking sim genre. Yeah, so I'm I'm really stoked on that. That looks great. I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, then we also got Season. This is another like very stylized, you know, indie adventure story game. Um, this one really, it was the art style that spoke to me more than anything. I think. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't think we know a lot about it. You know, they they call it a game about exploring and recording disappearing cultures, which looks interesting to me. I think it's going to be one of these kind of games that gets me to pick a PS5 up because this is a PS5 exclusive. It's sure not is. Any other console, so it's going to be something like this that gets me to pick pick uh, pick a console up. I think. Yeah, I th- I think this game looks fantastic. Emphasis on looks because again, we don't know that much about it, but um, yeah. That's then enough. again, I thought Camposanto's uh, game looked fantastic, and that never never came out, so I'm still really upset about that. Blame Valve for that one. I, yeah, I do. I blame them for a lot of things. <laughs> uh, so then we also got a look at It Takes Two, which is uh, not the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, but in fact a video game. <laughs> Fuck, I remember that. Is that the one where they go to Rome? I think and, it is. And they're like, <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid. Uh, it's like It's very much like a parrot trap movie. Um, yeah. Also, uh, it takes two to make a thing go right. That's another option, but it's not that either. Uh, so this game, you know, it's it takes two, baby. That's that another the example. They went it for. takes that's two, what they went with, baby. <laughs> uh, so it takes two is the latest game from um, from Joseph Farris's team. Uh, Haze Light, right? Haze Light. Yeah, I was going to say, can't remember the name of the studio. But Joseph Farris, if you're a fan of the Game Awards, you know Joseph Farris. Fuck the Oscars. Uh, I love Joseph Farris, unironically. Me too, he's so funny. I think a lot of people like just like meme him because he's so crazy, but I genuinely love him. I think he's super charming, and I like his games a lot. Um, uh, what was the last one? Uh, uh, Way Out? Way out. Yeah, yeah. I, I never played Brothers. We were supposed to do that for a game club. Like I started playing Brothers, and it didn't land with me as much as I thought it would. Uh, but I heard I the do Switch version the fact- is not very good, is I think part of the no, problem, it's not, too. it's a mobile game port, so yeah. it's, not, it's not too hot. So probably not the fair way to judge it. But uh, I loved A Way Out. I loved that game. Had such a good time with it. I think the whole, like, his commitment to the whole... 
uh, asynchronous couch co-op multiplayer thing is like I love that about him. I love that he believes in that and he makes games that are super unique because of it. And and in and in these current times where we can't see family and friends, the fact that you can play that game by buying one copy and then a friend can download like the fr- the free version Brilliant. to play the game with you is amazing. And a way out is currently on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you can oh, you can download it, and it a is? friend of yours can just it's on Game Pass. Yeah, so Yo. it's on. Well, it's on EA Play, so you need yeah. to have Game Pass Ultimate. Pick that shit up. Um, that game is great. If you have if you live with somebody who plays games. If- girlfriend boyfriend you know roommate whatever partner like play this fucking game it's so fun it's really a great time to sit down and have and have with somebody else um and i'm i'm looking forward to this one a lot speaking of games i'm looking forward to uh back for blood holy shit so this is, if you'll recall, announced a while ago. Turtle Rock Studios is a team behind Left 4 Dead. They're back. Proper spiritual successor. It even has a four in the title. It looks so good. I think it looks so good. Like, if I you, really don't know how they're getting away with not getting sued by Valve for basically making the same game. I mean, what? Valve's the only one who's allowed to make a zombie game? You know no, what I mean? This is this is a fucking clone, and they made the original. You're you're right, but I think it's one of those things where it's like it's so broad that it's like, what? Oh, you what? Valve's the only one allowed to make a first person zombie game. Yeah, you know, true. like they're the only ones allowed to put a four in their title. Who cares? You there know, was like, an- there was another game though that you said was. Li- I loved your tweet. This looks litigiously close to Horizon Zero. We'll, t- we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it could also be, I guess, that maybe Valve is just like, you know, good you guy. You know what? We ain't making games anymore. Yeah, they're you like, we're not going to go fucking ahead. make it. Go ahead. Like, whatever. Like, we don't give a shit. If they made Left 4 Dead 3, people would still buy it, even if this game exists. So, like, you know, maybe, they're, maybe they just don't give a shit. But either way, it looks fucking great. It looks like a next-gen Left 4 Dead, right? Like, if you have fond memories of Left 4 Dead, you look at this gameplay and you're like, oh, my God, yeah. This is Left 4 Dead with better lighting and better graphics oh, yeah. and, like, you better interactions. Like, there, like they showed this one monster, zombie, whatever, that was, like, enormous. And he's, like... Came, the one that came out of the ground. Yeah, and then he like he's, like, coming and you're, like, on a, a parkway and he's, like, pushing signs out of the way and, like, knocking over lamps and stuff. And it's, like, it feels so much more... Um, alive you know like the the interactions with the world feel more legit than you know a game from fucking 20 years ago or whatever at this point so i i i'm so excited for this i loved left for dead uh two specifically was my game um so i i'm super into this like as much as the zombie thing is a little you know been there done that like this is one where it's like fuck yeah let's go let's do it and, you know, I really liked that this was one of the only games we saw proper gameplay of. They had, like, just a, a gameplay demo, none of that cheesy narrative, like the fake voice yeah. chat over the top that, they, you know, you come you come to expect from this kind of game. Yeah. It was just, here's a look at how this game plays. Get hyped for it because it looks fucking awesome. So you played Left 4 Dead, right? Like, you get it. Here, I love this Left is 4 Dead. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I know you and I were tweeting about it, and we're like, yo, we're getting a squad for this. Like, this is a stream. Oh, yeah. We're absolutely streaming this game. Oh, and there's the alpha. I have to apply for that. I really want to get in the alpha. 
I'm not going to be able to. I don't have a PC really that's going to be pl- <laughs> going to be enough to play that game on. But you'll have to let me know. Maybe yeah. we'll do a stream where I can watch because I really want to see. How yeah, if I get in and I'm allowed to stream works. it, I would definitely be down to do that. Um, I might just have to like play it and not tell anyone what I think about it because that's how some alphas work. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, so then we got two cinematic trailers. Biggest announcements of the night, of course. Uh, we got looks at Dragon Age Four and the future. I, of I wouldn't say NASA we got a look at either of them. They were just bland, generic cinematic trailers to no, me. No, 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 absolutely Steve, fuck all. Steve, that's the thing. You're ignorant because Ooh, okay. you're not a fan of these games. So of course they mean nothing to you. But if you are a, a Bioware boy like I am, uh, it, it's it's very clearly coding things here right so i look at this dragon age 4 trailer super reminiscent of origins in in a lot of little ways and it feels like it's nodding to the fact that this game is like a return to form of like we know what you want out of a dragon age this game is that game and i'm not saying that it's going to be i'm saying that's what the trailer is signaling to me because yeah. it ge- it gives you this, this scene where it says it's time for a new hero, and they show you the legs of of a, of a knight in armor or whatever, and it feels super reminiscent of the Grey Warden from the original game. And then they're jumping around, they're like, "There's these different heroes," and blah blah blah. And they show you an elf who's an archer, and they show you, you know, these other characters that, like, to me, it's like, "Oh, is this you telling me that I can pick my race and I can be whatever kind of character I want again, and that I can have a character like the Grey Warden that I grow into?" Uh, the Inquisitor was like that too, but it was just not as good. Um, so that that was cool. Then we see my man Solus from Inquisition, clearly looking like a villain, looking sinister, looking like he maybe some achieved some of his more nefarious goals after Inquisition. Like these are these are big. Okay, see, I can I can see why you be you be hyper and excited. For yeah, it. I just have no context with it, and I don't understand how many people can get excited. I just I just don't get it how anyone can really get excited with um, a cinematic trailer. To me, it's just like, oh, okay, here's yet another cinematic trailer. But this thing I, is, I, for for you, I totally get that. But for me as a fan, if you're if you're if you're leaving things for me as a fan, of course I'm going to pick up on them. You know, yeah. it's like it's like when you watch like a movie trailer that's like like a based on something, and you're like, that was a trailer. But like if you like read the source material, you're like, that's the source material. Oh my god, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. But for me, like this, this said a lot, and the Mass Effect trailer trailer said even more, because looking at the Mass Effect trailer, really, it was just like some dude in some snow that picked up a thing. Yeah, but you don't know what happened at the end of the, of the trilogy, so you don't know what that means. So, are we just like, are they just counting Andromeda then? They're just like saying that didn't happen. The nice thing about Andromeda is it kind of takes place in a way where it doesn't ha- like. They don't have to say that it didn't happen for them to never acknowledge it again. Okay. Because it's just like they go to a different galaxy. Like the whole setup of Andromeda is that during Mass Effect 3, when they're not sure if the universe, like, or if the galaxy is going to end or not, they send a team to go try to continue life in another galaxy. So, like, they could all just, oh, yeah, they all fucking died. It doesn't matter, you know? Or they could come back to it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not really relevant. Um, 
Whereas, this game's got to be an early production, though, Oh, right? yeah. With it's that, an early production. With that title, Mass Effect will return or whatever. No, they said Mass Effect will continue. And now here's the we'll thing. Continue, no, but okay. here's the thing. Again, that means something. People were making jokes about it. But you look at this game and, and the trailer, what they're saying is that this game is going to continue the storyline of the Milky Way galaxy, which is the yeah. end of Mass Effect 3. So the end, and you look at this trailer, there's a few really key things that point to that aside from that language right liara who is one of the main uh supporting characters in in the original trilogy she's in uh all well she's not really in mass effect 2 she has like a side story but she's a major player in every mass effect game she's the one leading this group it seems and in the background you get looks at other characters who are from the original mass effect crew and the thing that she finds, you're like, oh, it's just somebody who finds this thing in the snow. What she's picking up is the N7 armor. That's Shepard's armor. That means Shepard could still be alive, Steve. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm excited for you. I really am. That's and, a huge uh, deal. Uh, maybe I might be as hype about this once I've played the remastered trilogy next year. We'll, you will we'll be. You will be. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing. If you play that trilogy and you watch this trailer, it means a lot more. And again, I'm not saying this means they're going to be good. I'm not saying that we're out of the woods yet. I'm saying that I'm excited. And I want oh, yeah. people to let me be excited, okay? That's did, all I did want. Did you see Jeff, Jeff's tweet about this, though? About how he he said ten years ago I worked with Casey Hudson. Casey Hudson and I worked together to reveal Mass Effect Three at the Spike VGAs. This year it was fun to work with him, Mike Gamble, and the Bioware team on this new Mass Effect reveal moment. So it's like he was working with Casey like this close to put this trailer together, yeah. and then Casey's gone. Stop trying to shit in my my cornflakes, all right, Steve. I'm hoping for the best here. <laughs> all right. So uh, we also got the reveal of Perfect Dark. Huge, right? I, I mean, know. Yeah, the the first quadruple A game. From, from the initiative. The, from the initiative, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm stoked about this. Like, I, I am not particularly attached to the original Perfect Dark. Like, I've, I've literally played it, but it was never a game I played much of. Uh, it was a little, like, ahead of me when I was at that age. Um, but the initiative as a team is super exciting. The whole quadruple A thing is, like, whatever, but... The talent there is insane, and the fact that this is the game that they're working on, like, it looks great. The trailer, I thought, was was a good tease. Yeah, like, fucking whatever. Shovel it in. Like, give me it. And seemingly a full reboot. No, like, zero or, yeah, like, it looks like title it's, or anything. It looks like, like we're We're back. just starting again. We've yeah. got Joanna Dark, and here we go. Boom. I'm, I'm excited for it. That's all you gotta do. Um, then the, the initiative name was enough to get me excited. The fact that it's Perfect Dark was like almost immaterial. If they had been like, we're working on a new IP, I would have been just as excited. So um, Perfect Dark may as well be a new IP at this point. So that's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, to some extent, I think some people always want some of that initial storyline that they binned off for Perfect Dark Zero yeah. and they want some of those like... I'm guessing that you'll want some throwback to those original tech guns that they had in. But Perfect I think you Dark. can you can do that without it being a direct sequel. You know, like oh, hundred percent. I, I, yeah, this is just has to be a fresh take. You know, like how they reboot Spider Man every, how, every how, two what they, years. What they did with God of War, like that, I think is yeah. like a perfect comparison. You know, like let's come back, fresh coat of paint, do something fresh, but keep everything that you liked in terms of like aesthetic and even you know. even Breath of the Wild, for example. I think about that. That was like a essentially a, a reboot they of reboot zelda. zelda every generation basically. but yeah they do yeah, you know but like, you still know it's a zelda game because it's still in hyrule it still has the same characters you're yep. familiar with it still feels like a zelda game yeah and that's all they gotta do here and I'm, I'm sure they're gonna nail it the initiative has like it's such a stacked fucking team like 
the whole quadruple A thing is because of how much fucking money they spent acquiring like <laughs> A plus tier talent to work on this shit. Hey, I mean that's so. nothing compared to the Bethesda costs these days, though. Yeah, it's the thing. Microsoft doesn't give a shit. They're just like they're like we're gonna fucking throw money at this until Xbox happens again. So I I think they got it. I think a lot of people are gonna pick up an Xbox. Um, we also saw Microsoft Flight Sim running on X and Series S. Uh, it looks great. Um, I cannot fucking wait for this game. And then they did the announcement that they're working on some bespoke hardware with hardware partners to get it working with with consoles. So excited yeah. to just be flying around. That's gonna be cool. Flight Sim. Not necessarily my and thing, I, but very cool. And I think this is the first first-party studio game they've announced specifically for Xbox Series X and Series S. Yes. All of the games prior to this were Xbox One games that were going to work 100% on Xbox One and also on Series X and Series S. So the fact that they're finally binning off last gen and next year we're going to get a, a full next-gen game, I'm really excited for. All right, so this is the last one before we jump into uh, After Dark here, because Jesus, this has been a long episode. Yes, um, it has. This might be our longest one <laughs> until next week. Uh, the game that I, I described as, quote, litigiously close to Horizon Zero Dawn ended up being Arc 2, uh, which what a, Lord. what a ride that was, because it starts and you're like, oh, this looks all like Horizon, and then it's like, Vin Diesel's here, what the fuck? <laughs> And then a dinosaur showed up, and I was like, is this Turok? Are they rebooting Turok with Vin Diesel? And then I found out it was Ark 2, and I was disappointed. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, maybe this is, runs better than Ark. This is an exclusive to Xbox as well. It would be impossible so not to run better than Ark, I think. I know. That game was not well optimized. It's not great. I mean, Some it was people are big PC. into that game, though. Like, huge into that game. I mean, it's getting a fucking anime series as well. I get it. Like, it's fun. It's a, it's a cool enough world. I don't know. It's just, I don't really love that kind of game that much, so I'm, like, down on it already. Um, but whatever. Like, this is hilarious. It was a weird-ass trailer, but I'm fine with it. I think the thing that, uh, the one, the tweet that killed me was, uh, Jason Schreier tweeted out, he was like, Horizon Zero Diesel. And it's not a particularly <laughs> good joke, but I laughed my fucking ass off on it. It was my favorite tweet of the night. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how that one turns out. <laughs> anyway, uh, overall, strong strong year, year for the Game Awards, all things considered, I think. Um, shout out to Jeff and the team for pulling it together. I enjoyed the show. Uh, were there things I'd like to see them work on for next year? Absolutely. I think this is probably the most critical I've been of it in recent years. But um, I also think that you know everything we said plays a role in that you know there's a chance that the you know the uh socially distanced nature of the show made it harder to make some of those things work the way that they maybe should have so i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt call it a good year and hope that the criticism that is received i think from that side of the the um the viewership that I've seen expressed a lot of places hopefully is something they take to heart next year when we get a little bit more time with the developers. Um, but other than that, I think pretty well paced, lots of good announcements, lots to look forward to. Um, I think 2021 is going to be uh, another really good year for games. I do. Definitely, especially with everything that's already been delayed. There's some heavy hits coming out earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's like a year that I think already probably would have been stacked. Feels like it's going to be like weirdly front loaded 
and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, this is where we get to the quiet period, only it probably won't be that quiet. So, um, yeah, I feel like we haven't had one of those quiet summers in ages. It was always, I mean, this year like, we had oh, one. summer, I can catch up on my backlog and. Yeah. This year was like the first time we had it in like years, and I loved it because I got to play Persona Five. <laughs> so and Final Fantasy and Tsushima and a bunch of other JRPGs and yeah. played a lot of games this year. I really did. You it did. was good. It was good. So yeah, uh, hoping hoping next year is uh, a little smoother, but um, I think all things considered, a pretty good one. So uh, we'll be back next week for our own Game of the Year discussion. Make sure you tune in for that one. It's going to be hype. We have a big surprise for you. And I won't tell you what that is. Hopefully. I won't tell you what it is because there's always a chance it won't happen. And then I'll have egg on my face. But I'll just tell you that it's going to be a hype, exciting episode no matter what. Because even if if all it is is Steve and I talking about our Game game of the Year, it's going to be a hype-ass episode. So make sure you yeah. tune in for that. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be uh, a really fun conversation. I'm excited to dig into it. I'm excited to see what wins our game of the year because that, I think, is going to be a very interesting question. But I'm trying to think of a pun to like, give it away slightly, but without giving it away, but I'm not going to. No way to do it. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just real quick before we jump, of course, uh, remember you can connect with us all over the web, uh, wherever you get your video game content. We're there. We're at Loot Pots on Twitter and Instagram. You can visit the website. You can head over to the YouTube channel, head over to the Twitch channel, where every Thursday or Wednesday last week, Steve and I are there uh, streaming games for you. We'll be back this week, I think, with some Halo Um I think it's what we have planned, so if you want to come join, come check it out, maybe jump on some some firefights with us or whatever, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you come join the community, and um, if you've been listening for a long time and you've never written in, I would really like to hear from you in this lead-up to the end of the year. Let us know how you found the show, what you like about it, what you'd like to see us do in 2021. Um, yeah, come be a part of it. We want to hear from you. We appreciate your support. And of course, if you want to go above and beyond, head over to Patreon for where for just a buck you can get access to After Dark, uh, where Steve and I are going to keep the mics rolling for a bit longer and talk about some more stuff. So I hope you'll come join us over there uh, and have a good week. Stay safe, stay sane, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Podcast.